In the last few months, Joseph Tsai completed the purchase of a majority stake in the Brooklyn Nets. He's been a 49% owner of the Nets since around October 2017 and finalized the deal to take over the rest of the ownership stake from Mikhail Pogorov in August of 2019. This is probably a really good thing for Nets fans because Prokhorov has been widely considered to be one of the worst owners in the NBA. Now, no matter where you happen to be from or who your team is, one of the most frustrating parts of being an NBA fan is when your team has an owner that just can't seem to get anything right. And that got us to thinking, who are some of the worst owners currently left standing in the NBA right now? What impact do they have on their team? And why are they considered to be the worst? This one is going to get a little bit rowdy. Let's dive in. Let's do it. This is the Upshot Podcast. We're about to break down the biggest moments in the NBA. And why they matter now. This is the Upshot Podcast. Welcome back this week. We're going to be talking about the worst owners in the NBA. The most, you know, specifically how we get into this is who's the top five. Because we, we could have a lot of arguments around this and, and go a lot further than the top five. But the top five worst. And we're going to start from five, go down until we hit what we consider to be our number one. And then maybe we'll throw out honorable mentions. So uh, with me today, we've got Nick Atkins, Marshall Robertson, and Joe Baltz. Hey, and uh, we're going to dig into this. Uh, before we get into who we really think the worst owners are, and we really dig into these uh, you know, individuals, uh, I think it's important that we talk about criteria. Like, how are we establishing you know, what makes these folks not great at what they do? Um, obviously, they've done something right to own an NBA team, uh, but you know, they're not doing some of the best things to actually make that NBA team great, or even that fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Around the room, let's talk about what are some criteria that we look at that sort of you know sours your opinion on uh, some of these teams. Yeah, number one, I'm going to say it win loss record. Okay, if your team's winning, uh, <laughs> most people don't. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> look yep. into the cracks of, of what's going on. Usually, when you start tanking real hard, that's when people start looking up the chain of command a little bit and say, "Why are we tanking? What is going on here? And who who do we, who can we blame? And let's blame the guy at the top." Nice. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking along the lines of like dipshit moves. <laughs> I mean, and you you know the ones we're talking about. We're talking about the front office hires. We're talking about these draft picks that make no sense at all and make you look like a total dipshit. Yeah, I look at it like these guys are billionaires basically, and and who's unwilling to spend money? I mean, like, what? Why'd you buy Tight. a team if you're not? Yeah, what? Why not spend money? And so, why have the team and not be willing to bring in players just because you're you're being a tight ass? Love with it? that one. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I then I'll go ahead and go with fan base. You know, how does the fan base actually feel? I mean, you can you can be winning uh, and have a winning season. <laughs> you can have a great franchise that you know packs the place out, but still just have a terrible relationship. Rival, because, rival, rival, rival. Yeah, because of terrible things that you've done. So relationship with the fan base uh, is big, and I think that goes. Uh, you know, kind of steps off into another one, which is relationship with the city. You know, mm-hmm. not just who's coming in, but how you interact with the, you know some of the people that actually aren't coming in, mm-hmm. but are your neighbors in the city. So, what what else we got? Well, to touch on relationship with the city, one of my favorite owner moves is always we're trying to get a new arena built, and it's like <laughs> maybe we'll go to Seattle if you yeah. don't play ball. You know what I mean? That's always fun. And then you've got very interesting city council meetings of people like, why are we getting? <laughs> taxed out of our asses for this this is you're a billionaire okay yep. why are you doing this to us that's a big one to me relationship with former players we see players uh, jumping ship a lot especially in the current nba right uh, i would think if i was an owner it'd be a good idea to have a good relationship with them and not say things when they left and be like you know this guy's got two left feet <laughs> he's not gonna go anywhere <laughs> when he's on his next team and we're i can guarantee we're gonna win a title before x absolutely and on top of on top of the dipshit moves we talked about in the front office hires, not only do they hire these guys, then they interfere with them. And that's my favorite part. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to bring you on board. I'm going to I'm going to literally give you the keys to the car, but I'm going to make sure that I run the car. Yeah, two things. Okay. Two things with a great owner: uh, willingness to spend money, and two, it, willingness to spend money in the right places, and right. two. Getting out of the way. Get the yeah. hell get out, out of way. the way. Agreed. Agreed. So you know, in, in that vein, uh, let's let's just get into it, and we're going to talk about based on those criteria. Who do we classify the worst of the worst in terms of owning an NBA team? And we've got five, and we're going to start from the top, and we're going to work down to who we think is the absolute worst. So, uh, right there at number five, um, who do we got? 
Glenn Taylor. Glenn Big Baby Taylor. <laughs> From the T-Wolves. Okay, so let, let's talk about that. All right. Uh, anybody want to take a wild guess as to what Glenn Taylor is worth today, August Ooh. 2019? Any any guesses? Probably 50 losses next season. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Financially, me, what do we got? Give me monetary. Oh, money. $3.1 billion. Goodness As of today, he's worth $3.1 billion. Just source of wealth. I have here in quotes, printing, which is sexy, as always. Printing he was, money. He was the head of, quote, unquote, the Taylor Corporation, which uh, I, I believe I'm, I'm going off the uh, Wikipedia here, produces interactive print and marketing solutions. He was also a Minnesota state senator, uh, I believe, is a member. There of the, it is. Yeah, I believe he's a there member of is. the Republican Party from 1981 to 1990. He also purchased, this is after his purchase of the Timberwolves, but he also owns the uh, Star Tribune, which is the main newspaper uh, in yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. He purchased that paper in uh, 2014 for $100 million. Ben, you got any thoughts on purchasing a newspaper? Hmm. I guess maybe there's some online stuff maybe right? uh, it's not you want to buy a tower records uh, <laughs> yeah. you know so circuit city right down the street uh, it's beautiful it right he purchased the minnesota timberwolves in 1994 uh, according to forbes anybody want to guess what he paid for the t wolves in 1994 $27. $27. $225,000. oh wow Joe, you're way off ben you got yes. a guess i'm gonna go maybe so we're 94 1994. I'm going to say 150 million. Wrong. 88.5 million. He oh, and some partners. Whew. Forbes values the franchise today at. Remember, again, he paid 88.5 million. Then Forbes values the franchise at today. Anybody have a guess on that? 1.3 billion dollars. Their market size in the NBA is 16th, right about there in the middle. So, so we're doing something right to grow the the value of the team, or at least the league's doing the league something is. right. right? You're, you're an <laughs> NBA team. Yeah, yes. maybe it was a good investment. Right. Uh, you know, counteract that newspaper purchase thing. What do I know? Anyways, so with Glenn Taylor, you know, there's some things that he's done that have really sort of put him, you know, on this list. On this list <laughs> and you know, he's 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 got a very interesting background as as I think all sure. NBA owners do. Every yeah. one of them has a really good story. Uh, what are some some of the big standouts? Because th- th- this person's been in the news with some stuff. So mm-hmm. what do we got? Yeah, I think we're going to find out that uh, a lot of these guys have made some really savvy business decisions along the way and then made some total boner moves otherwise. <laughs> so uh, here's a handful of them for Glenn Taylor. So he has a really terrible, and we touched on this in our, in our characteristics that we're looking at, he has really terrible relationships with his players. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you remember back in the day when Kevin Love was the star there, which he was a huge He's still star the first son Minnesota. of Minnesota. Oh, I mean, you think T-Wolves. He was so loved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 20 and 10 every single night. Yeah. So solid. Well, of course, Glenn Taylor on Kevin Love's way out decides to call him out. Um, he's had some serious <laughs> issues with KG over the years about – mainly about KG's relationship with Flip Saunders. Flip, yeah. um, there's some deep, deep conversations there, and we'll, we'll make sure to tag some, tag some articles. So Caleb specifically, like, because, you know, I, I just adore, and I've said this before. You're, you're all over his gram. I, I'm all over his Instagram, Caleb. It's great. So, so let's, let's dig into some of the stuff that went down with uh, Kevin Love. Yeah, so when, when Kevin goes to, I guess, what, it would have been Cleveland, right? Yes. Whenever he shoots yeah. over to Cleveland. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is uh, again, uh, he's 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 actually Caleb actually drafted by Memphis. I know we're all proud of that because clearly he didn't he didn't play with us. But womp, womp. Womp, yeah. womp. but it, especially when Caleb was there, I know Joe will appreciate this. He was just double double machine Absolutely. every single night. Oh, yeah. One of the I mean and, and and again kind of in the mode of Garnett of like this is a the, maybe the second son of of Minnesota right like we've got our guy. We're really happy we got our guy. Ends up going to Cleveland. This is what our boy Glenn says whenever he leaves. Quote: I question Kevin if this is going to be the best deal for him because I think he's going to be the third player on a team. I don't think he's going to get a lot of credit if they do really well. I think he'll get the blame if they don't do well. He's going to have to learn how to handle that. I think he's around. Actually, that that may be prescient. But again, I think he's, again, quote, I think he's around a couple guys that are awful good. Now, I'm not saying that Kevin's (laughs) not good, but I think where maybe he got away with some stuff not playing defense on our team, I'm not sure how that's going to work in Cleveland. So I would guess they're going to ask him to play more defense. And then then that should be it. And he just, and then he just just ends the quote. No, he ends it with Andy's foul prone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, and then I saw a stat after guy that. guy doesn't play defense. I saw I a stat yeah. after that. He averaged one point nine fouls per game. Yeah, Andy's <laughs> foul, foul prone. prone. Well, yeah. I'd be foul prone if I was dying by myself in Minnesota too, while people were driving around my teammates. You can't draft. <laughs> so basically, he got his feelings hurt, and then he 
went to the press and hell half no fury yeah. like a scorned Glenn. That's that's <laughs> rough. Um, so so we have a string of things basically with, with Glenn. absolutely, and, I, it, and it extends to front office. It extends to coaches. Tom Thibodeau, Flip Saunders, which was the, really the basis of his issues with Kevin Garnett because Kevin Garnett felt like he was uh, Flip Saunders was exactly, never given the respect exactly. that he deserved. K, KG comes out in October of eighteen again. First son, right? He says. Um, this is when Jimmy Butler was leaving. He says, I totally understand Butler. This is KG talking. Uh, I totally get it. And he's dealing with Glenn, who doesn't know expletive about basketball. <laughs> Garnett said on the live He knows how to make money, uh, but he don't know anything about basketball. I wouldn't say that he's the best basketball mind. <laughs> That's great. I wonder if any of that was printed in the Tribune. I'm or sure it, I'm oh, sure it made good it. question. I don't know. He, he who controls the news. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, when I think Minnesota T-Wolves, right? I think Kevin Garnett and I think Kevin Love. That's right. Okay. I'm certainly not. The, and now I may be thinking Carl Anthony Towns, but I mean, I'm looking at my watch. I'm sure he's asking to go yeah. here pretty soon unless things turn around. And so uh, terrible relationships with the two franchise's best players well, in the last 20, 30 years. I, and, and you got to think, uh, being in Minnesota, it, it's hard. It's, it's sort of the small market situation we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. It's sort of hard to keep great players. And when you've got an owner that is doing this to you know the great players that were there, it's not exactly the thing that invites you to come play there and want to, yeah. to put yourself out Well, the out bad there. part is it just starts with bad relationships. Then you get into the draft picks. Wow. the draft. <laughs> so his history of the draft is I, not so solid. Let me, hang on. Let me get my Pepto out to Uh-oh. listen to this next Oh, it's going to be good. This makes me sick. So 2009, which historically was one of the best drafts of all time. It's a really, really great draft. Oh, his sheep. So, so when Minnesota grabs <laughs> – yeah, okay. We'll, we'll take that one to the side. 2009, we will, we will focus on the fact that Minnesota had the fifth and sixth picks in that draft, in a historically great draft. What did they do with them? Ricky Rubio Ricky. and Johnny Flynn. Now on, the, now, on the surface, you're like, okay, Ricky Rubio has turned out into a decent career. Okay, I can at least let that one slide a little bit. The Johnny Flynn one is the one that gets me. And you know why? It's because he played point guard, yeah. which is the same position Ricky Rubio plays. Yes. And also the next guy, to, it's Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flynn. And then the next guy taken is Stephen Curry. Oh yeah, he's not bad. We went, we got a twofer, and we missed, we boned it twice <laughs> with one of the best players in the yeah. NBA coming up. Next. And here's a couple other guys who were still waiting around at that time too: Demar Derozan and Drew Holiday. Pretty wow. sure they would have taken either one of those guys at that point. Ugh. But that just begins it. So in 2011, he does it again. He's got the second pick, and he takes Derek Williams. Who's left on that board? Clay Thompson. Oh, Kimba Walker. And Kawhi Leonard. My word. That's pretty rough. Yeah. Oh, that, that's terrible. So getting into this, uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff to pick from that, that is bad. What, what do you think that, like, if we can just distill this down to, like, what causes this? What do you think is, this, is Glenn's fatal flaw over in Minnesota? I think it's disloyalty, man. It's the, it's the relationships with his players, his coaches, his front office people, and the fact that he's really willing to just – run that bus right over them the minute they get out of town. I, I think it's harder to swallow as an actual Minnesota fan. I mean, like, I'm not a fan, and you just reading that draft list makes me sick, you know? So, like, <laughs> I mean, good. imagine if you're living there and having to swallow those poor choices. It's easier yeah, it's on the terrible. outside. So, I think maybe just overall as a fan, you, you're hating the decision-making in those draft picks. And also, look, if, if, you're, if you're dealing with former players, right, if, if KG's traded to, what, Boston, right, and, and K-Love is traded to Cleveland and you're getting back the Wiggins pick, which, oof. Good one. Okay, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> okay, look, you, you clearly your front office agreed to those trades, right? What good does it do to talk smack about players on their way? Think about it. What good does that do? Why, why would you come out and say it's only uh, it's and he's only, foul prone? It's only ego. <laughs> he's foul it's prone. literally it's it's, it's straight selfish ego. ego. Yeah. And there's, there's nobody no. in the office to say, uh, "Hey, Glenn, you I can't feel like we're gonna do that. We're gonna see that recurring theme, I think, throughout exactly. this pod. Exactly, one hundred percent. You know, an NBA team is driven by season ticket sales, and there's only so many drafts you can go through like that. Where you know in a small market because a small market is driven by the draft. doesn't foster yeah. a lot of confidence. The and, Seattle Timberwolves, you know, exactly. <laughs> and that's we may you never know, <laughs> you never know. So, anyways, uh, that that's the tough part is is you start digging into what your fans expect when you've done that several years in a row, and we hit a whole whole new level of things. So um, this one's tough for me. For, and this I, one it, hurts, and, and it hurts because this is someone that we all absolutely love. Um, unless mm. you were, you know, a Knicks fan during that period. <laughs> uh, but Michael Jordan, uh, 
Michael Jordan with the Charlotte Hornets. Number four. It's, it's amazing. Number well, four. Here's the thing about Michael Jordan. He made his money the old-fashioned way. Uh, <laughs> he, he was the best basketball player of all time. I think in this room we all agree on that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anyone want to take a shot at what Mike's worth today? 2019 Michael Jordan <sighs> net worth. Anyone? Just a personal or like the team worth? No, personal worth. Gosh, it's got to be Over $100 billion for sure. It's Wrong. Be, no? $100 million? $1.9 billion is where he's at. He's sitting at $1.9 yeah. billion. Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, uh, I have here source of wealth. Would anyone like to talk? Talk about that. Shoes. If you do, I'm going to hit you in the head with a tack hammer because where have you been for the last shoes? 20? Shoes is big. He only made he made 90 million dollars with the Bulls over his career. I thought that that was interesting. I think wow. the last couple hmm. years he was upwards of of 60 something billion. But look, it's I was going to say baseball. Or a million. Yeah. The bar- How much did he make with the Wizards? The Barons really oh, loaded the pockets. That yeah. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, in 2010, he purchases the Charlotte at the time Bobcats, and of course now they're the Hornets. This is crazy for me in 2010 for $275 million. That is crazy. There's a lot of talk about, you know, the, the owners really, and, and the commissioner at the time, and I don't really blame them. It, it's good for the league for Michael Jordan to own a team, frankly. He's the best sure. player that's ever lived. Uh, and, 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 you know, you want, you want players to know that if you do really well, that, that perhaps you could buy a team, right? right? Well, let's just lay it down. Do you go to a game because you're going to see Michael Jordan there as the owner? Yeah, I might. I would. I might. Yeah, I, I would literally Just go to get to, a glimpse. Yeah, hundred percent. Honestly, yeah. if I can go to a Knicks game and see James Dolan, I'm all about it. I'll pay whatever <laughs> he pays. Okay, uh, Forbes values the franchise today, uh, the Charlotte Hornets franchise today at one point three billion. That's kind of. I mean, MJ's worth more than that. Their market size <laughs> is twenty third in the market. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, that means just about every team's worth a billion dollars at this point. That's pretty Excellent phenomenal. Point, for Joe. I think we talked about this. I don't think a team goes for less than a billion. I yeah. could be wrong, yeah. but I mean, if the market goes down, but if you're selling a team for less than a billion now, it, it, you know, good for, you know, that's a so, bad move. Yeah. So the basketball fans, probably, this is probably going to be our, our best known uh, owner, you know, if you don't know Absolutely, a lot about yeah. owners. Sure. Right. Uh, sure. Takes but, less background on Michael. <laughs> But yeah. pro- you know, there, there's some problems. He didn't make here. his high school team right away. Is that correct? Oh, I found that correct. in my research. He also did some films. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with this, with Michael, uh, you know, there's so many things about Michael that I love. But when when you put him in the position of being an owner, there's so many things not to love. And, and so what do we got? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, he was in basketball operations beginning in 2006, but he took ownership of the team in 2010. Mm-hmm. Since that time. They have had 11 lottery picks. Any idea how many all-stars out of those lottery picks they've ended up with? I'm going to say Kimba's got to be in there, right? Kimba's so in one. there. Kimba's so, in there. <laughs> Uno? Last time, last time I checked, else? Frank Kaminsky didn't make an all-star yeah. team. I'm going to say one. Yeah, the, one, is the, one, one is the correct answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. And it's, and it's by far and away. I mean, listen to some of these numbers or listen to some of these names. Kwame Brown. Remember him? Big fan. Number one pick. He was the LeBron that wasn't the LeBron. Sure. That's right. Adam Morrison. Anybody remember Adam Morrison? He was going to be the savior. He was the uh, Return of the Mac guy. That's right. Return of the Mac. Oh no, no, it was a different one. Okay, with Adam Morrison, did you at the time? Would you have felt oh good about taking him? Because I did. Yeah, Yeah. he was a Gonzaga guy, and Gonzaga that was before Gonzaga even blew up to what Gonzaga is now. They were always parentally challenged. We get the we get the obvious benefit of hindsight. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see what coaching. Adam Morrison at the time. Here's some other ones. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't look like NBA athlete to me, but but I thought. They went deep in the tourney. Right. Yeah. I think what was interesting was I felt like the play was, is this Larry? Because yeah. everyone always gave Larry the, well, uh, you're not yeah, athletic, yeah. but he can score right. so many ways. And that's what Morrison looked like. Sure. So it's almost like you're chasing that guy. But, yeah. I mean, I would have I, – I didn't hate on Morrison. Uh, I remember him crying hindsight. a lot. Yeah. 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 Continue. Who else we Well, well listen to these names. You remember, you'll remember all these, I think. DJ Augustine. Mm. Gerald Henderson. Ooh. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, he's still around. Cody Zeller. <laughs> Oh, Frank Kaminsky and oh. a, a, a guy named Malik Monk. Oh, lo- all these guys are, are still lottery, floating around. These are yeah. all lottery picks. These are all lottery picks. picks. Lottery picks. Lottery picks. And mm. they all look like they look like whiffs. I hate it. For they Malik, really do. Because Malik's from our area, actually. I yeah. think Malik. But he's, they're a terrible team. And and the, and with Frank Kaminsky too. I mean, we're seeing a bit of a trend there where these guys had some pretty deep, interesting uh, Final Four runs. Absolutely. Right? How does that translate yeah, so far? I don't know. It's not looking too great. I don't know. Well, so here's another nice telltale piece. Seven coaches in 15 years. Mm, Always yeah. a recipe for disaster, am I right? Yeah. Um, so a lot of this information came from a 2012 article that was done in the Bleacher Report by Connor Boyd. 
You can go check that out on BleacherReport.com. So Connor really, was really good article. article. 2012. We will 2012. <laughs> Things have I mean, not been going great. We'll yeah, link to that seven, in the show notes. Yeah. Seven years ago, he was calling them out. So and I gotta bring, what's happened since then? I, I got to bring this up, too. This the, the most recent one. Do you have anything else that uh, leading up to no, that? No, that's, that's all the big stuff. So the, the most recent one that shocks me, because we've talked quite a bit uh, in, in prior pods about free agency and how do you handle big-name free agents that probably aren't coming back, right? And so this past year, Kimba who has an amazing year. He gets third team. I think it was third team All-NBA, so he opens himself up for a Supermax. Uh, And look, it doesn't look like he's coming back to Charlotte. He says that he'd be interested in doing it, right? Uh, Two things. They don't offer him the Supermax. They offer him about 185. So weird. Yeah, so that's odd. And two... And to be clear, was that not like 60 million less than what he could have made for a Max? Not not like on the cusp. Not like, well, we want to put talent around you, but like... Well, you're probably leaving. And here's my issue with that, right? So, like, if, if you can't, if you can't do it, right? If you know you, that you can't give him the supermax for one or two reasons. If we give him the supermax, we're a small market. We can't get anybody else to come play here, right? And we are not the best at drafting because of what Marshall just said, right? And and Connor back in 2012, who could see it then. But if you're looking at your team and you're saying we're going to lose this guy one way or the other, a we're not paying him, right? Right. B he That's may not choice. sign with us, yes. right? You're coming up on the all-star break. Trade him. Absolutely. Trade, yes. get something for him. How many times in, in, in the last six months have we seen that, hey, if you're losing an asset, go get more assets. Go get picks. Absolutely. There, go get there's else. no argument the other way. You we're not looking at a team that you think has a chance to make a run. Yeah. You're not looking at a loyalty thing because loyalty would have paid him. <laughs> there's not one argument I've heard. And and, and I, humor yes. me. What's the argument of oh, I'm hanging give you a great on one. to let him go? I'm going to give you yeah. a great one. Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. I heard him say this and and he at the time he he said look i hope that this isn't true and i'm i'm with him where was the all-star game this past year charlotte charlotte oh, okay thank goodness you would you would certainly hope right that you don't as a great guess you would certainly <laughs> hope that you don't uh not make the move because you need your all-star to play that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard you can't do that Right, but there are some rumblings out there that oh, what, surely not. You're, you're afraid of not selling out the All Star game. <laughs> oh yeah. man! You're find, or also, yeah. Well, but my fans are going to. Who cares, right? You you've got one job to do, and and if you're MJ, look, we know that he's got his his hands in the pie. Okay, you got one job to do. If I'm going to protect my franchise, and we're not going to build around Kemba, and I know I'm not because we didn't offer him the supermax. Okay, you've got to go get other assets. Oh, see, yeah, you got to trade. Yeah, and it's big. you got to. So, you know, this is years. And as we said, there's articles dating way back to being like, hey, something's wrong here. Uh, and what, do, in, you know, 2019, what do we have at this point? Um, so, you know, 2019, 2020 season, it's probably not going to be great there because because Jordan's in place. So, fatal flaw, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, greatest NBA player all the time. You know, you could argue one way or the other, but he's definitely he's up there in the argument. Mm-hmm. However, uh, he's probably not going to go down as the GOAT when it comes to owners. Why not? You just named it. Because he's Michael Jordan. He's Michael Jordan. That's the answer. I mean, he gets a pass from everybody because he's the best player of all time. But his decisions over the years have been less than good. Can I ask you guys a question? If Michael Jordan owns the team that we root for, the Memphis Grizzlies, how do you feel if we're if we're real bad? Yeah, and you don't give real him a, bad. Do you give him a pass? I mean, I'm trying. No, I mean, look, of course I, not. How, if I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan, how am I supposed to feel about? Yeah, he's Michael Jordan, but we're terrible. Yeah, no, I can't do it. it it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. So let's let's keep moving. Um, number three. Number three. <sighs> Who you got? It's actually funny that this guy is is right below Mike. That is weird. Jerry Reinsdorf, the Chicago Bulls. Look at that. Um, a little background on Jerry. Anybody want to take a guess? Again, this is the Chicago Bulls. Uh, how much is Jerry Reinsdorf worth? Just ballpark himself. Anybody? One point six billion dollars. It's gonna hit the billion. This was certainly for me. You know, you you look at diving in, and I. Just could not have been any less interested. Source of wealth. He's a CPA <laughs> and a lawyer. He was also involved in, a, in an outfit called Balcor, which oh. worked in commercial real estate. He sold that for $102 million in 1982, which $102 million in 1982 is, I'm that's guessing, That's money. That's I wasn't there. But, uh, <laughs> he also owns the White Sox, right? So he purchased the White Sox for $19 million in 1981. He purchased... Hold, hold on. Yeah. How much for the White Sox? For the White Sox, $19 million. In 1981, wow. so little, and then he butt heads with, with Tony Larusa quite a bit. But, but again, I'm, that's just what you know. Got Jim it. Atkins told me. Then he purchased the Chicago Bulls 
for $16.2 million in 1985. What? I think at the time, he just Another had Another like great a, deal. Yeah, 56.8% or something like this, according to Forbes. But I think the total purchase price was $16.2 million. Forbes values the franchise today, the Chicago Bulls franchise today at, anybody want to take a guess? Uh, it's got to be up there. What, what <laughs> do we got? Two, two billion. Two billion. Two point nine billion dollars. Oh, yeah. He paid how 30, much? thirty-five and a half million for two franchises. How yeah. much? And you're how going much? back in the eighties, but yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah. so phenomenal so, investment. Yeah. Let's talk about this. That's now, Joe's a fan a of Jerry Reinsdorf. How <laughs> much? Hey, I'm not going to lie. Literally, when we when we first put this together and I saw his name on there, I thought you guys were full of it. I was like, I mean, what are we hating on him for? Oh, I you're going to love it. I couldn't wait for it. You're going to love it. And just piece by piece, I'm like, oh, maybe he will be higher. You get into this, and you're like savvy at business and we we did hit the michael jordan lottery right after we purchased the team you know it, which is sort of a big Some deal would say the horace grant to be, lottery, to be clear continue. being a good owner has nothing to do with making money from a fan standpoint Every one of these I, guys no, are, no yeah. one cares how much the owner's profiting it's true when we're talking about nba teams like i'm sure they're oh, crying the Grizz- about us the grizzlies had a rough year but thank god they got some money in their pockets right, exactly <laughs> so if we get into this uh <laughs> This is interesting because this is a long-term deal for us. I mean, this is a very long-term owner, been there for a while. Oh, yeah. If you're having this same conversation uh, mid-90s, you're like, this guy's amazing. He's the best. He's, he's a winner. The, he's yeah. the best. And, you know, you're in a good position. However, probably, and I'm going to guess when this starts to go south. I, I Listen, guys, <laughs> I'm not hip to most of this. This is where I learn a lot from you guys. I'm going to guess that we start the downward slide maybe 96 it's 97. Yeah. I don't know. Could it be the year that he let Jordan, Pippen, and Phil Jackson leave? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I, around still that had time. Bill it's around Wellington? that time. <laughs> I mean, it's true. No, Luke Longley. Luke, Luke Longley. Longley. By the way, I think Tony Cooper. If someone, if someone listening could find me a Luke Longley jersey that I could wear, like, that uh, would be, be number sick. seven? That'd that'd be sick. Sick. No, number 13. Was he was number 13. Who coach was seven. There yeah, that's right. Baby. So, anyways, back to, back to uh, you know, what we got going on with Jerry? Yeah, it market. The only thing I'll end with the market size is fifth. It's a giant market Huge. in the NBA, and it, we've all been around for this. I Since think that's what skews the view. This this was skews the view. Yeah. Jordan and the fact that it's a huge market makes me feel like Jerry can't be on this list. So where are we going with this? Well, you know? yeah. Well, here it is. So what, what puts what puts Jerry uh, post ninety six <laughs> post ninety six what what puts Jerry uh, with the Bulls the in sort three. of this, you know in the top three? What do we got? Well, they stink, for one. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. But two is a history of just complete, there's no other way to put it, tight-ass moves. Yeah. He won't spend the money. Right? So even when you're talking about other owners in these, in these huge markets, Genie Bus, even James Dolan, they're willing to go into the tax. They're going to spend the money <laughs> yeah, to bring in really people. Really willing. And Chicago's a big, again, people want to play in Chicago. Right. Okay? Well, it's, it's it's where most of the players right now, in uh, the players, you know, ten years ago even, it's where most of the players fell in love with the game of basketball because oh, yeah. of one person. You know, you're getting back into Jordan, and that's the thing. It's like if you can wear that jersey even for a year, yeah, it, it means something. Absolutely. And so, you know, I think that's you know, coming from a fan standpoint, there is, and, and I, this is what I didn't realize. I didn't realize we were fifth largest market. Oh like, yeah, that's monstrous. That's and huge. The fact that we're fifth largest market. What's the team worth? Did you say? 1.9? No, 2.9 billion. 2.9. That's not bad. That's real Don't get me wrong. That's, he, mm, that's he's, made some, he's made some money back, but still, that could be more. Sure. That could absolutely yeah. be more. Yeah. All right, so so on top of that, he's also made some real terrible bad draft choices. Yeah. Um, now, of course, you can't put all the onus on the owner, and that's we have to remember that throughout this pod. But they're in charge. But you're hiring they're people. Involved. And we've been going for about 20 years now. That's right. right. That's right. So here's take a look at a couple of these drafts. In 2001, they take Eddie Curry. Now, granted, Eddie Curry was highly rated mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. out. He was very highly rated. But they at that time, they passed on Tony Parker, Zach Randolph, Gilbert Arenas, and Joe Johnson. Yeah. Mm. Lots of good talent there. 2006, they do it again. They draft LaMarcus Aldridge, which I did not know. Yeah. I, had to, I had to look back at the draft and realize that. They drafted him at number two, but what they do – Immediately traded into Portland for a guy named Tyrus Thomas. And Tyrus is doing what now? Um, I can't remember. Could be bagging groceries. Oh, Not God, real sure. Tyrus, Tyrus, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Please Look, don't Lamar- be me LaMarcus is still playing. He's doing okay. Yeah, yeah. he's not bad. He's That's not bad. Good. Yeah. So there's been some bad draft choices along the way, and it's that's just added to the convolution of it's a, okay. It's a mismanaged team. And just to end here, there's a Peter Gammons quote. Peter Gammons is a baseball guy, but we bring this up because he owns the White Sox too, right? He Peter Gammons had a quote saying, and of course this is after the fact, but 
uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. Sure. Okay. But uh, if Jerry had the choice, he would trade all six of his rings to get one World Series rings our one World Series ring for the Chicago oh White Sox. Oh, my gosh. Do you love hearing that as a Bulls fan? Yeah, if you're in, that sounds even, great. Even if you're a White Sox fan and, and you're a Bulls fan, like, you're like, dude, what? Jeez. come on. Yeah, we'd love to get a World Series, but that was a pretty good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it made Chicago sports. You know? yeah. was, you're not was, just talking about a dynasty. You're talking about a dynasty with the a guy dynasty. that changed the game, like yeah. the icon of the game. That's, yeah. Well, it changes. Yeah. It completely changes your view of Chicago and sports. Yeah, but it, that's cool. Let's get Frank Thomas a ring. Yeah, <laughs> J- Jerry just put a stamp on the list for me. The surprise so, is gone. Yeah. If we had to pick out one fatal flaw for Jerry in uh, Chicago, what is it? Tied ass. Okay. Yeah. yeah he's cheap, yeah. and he's and he's obviously complacent. I mean, he seems happy to be where he is. He's made his money, and he's he's good. He's going to ride this way. I can't remember the last good move that I thought. Okay, heroes. Yeah, I mean, like, D-Rose, you mean pairing up D Wade and Rondo in the backcourt together yeah, but, was a bad but, idea. But, what, that but a bad what, idea? what did he do in free agency where you thought he's changed his way? I'm trying to think know? who is the last because I'm just Carmelo. Going, <laughs> yeah, I'm, th- I'm just thinking of Marshall saying he's complacent. Like, what what would change your mind on that? Like, Not a splash yeah. that I could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, D Wade is a guy you're bringing in. That's a name that's literally he was he could have retired ten years ago, yeah. you know, and had a great career. Yeah. I mean, let's ship him back to Miami so he can do his farewell there. Right. right. Exactly. All right, moving on. We go to number two, Robert. Sarver. Get to know this name. Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. Uh, as of this month, uh, I've got him down as currently only worth $400 million. If we're looking at this list, it's like, geez, Rob, make a little money, right? Source of wealth, <laughs> banking and real estate. Also, the only thing I wrote down because I didn't really want to get into the weeds. Yeah. It was pretty boring, but good for <laughs> you, Rob. He purchased the Phoenix Suns for $404 million in 2004. And that had to be a pretty good, I mean, that's a... That's a good franchise well, to buy at that's, that point. It is. Actually, the yeah. Phoenix Suns, as far as the market goes, right now I've got them at 14th yeah. size of market yeah, not size. Bad. And, and if you think about that's a good price. If you think about history, look, you got the Barkley years, which is damn good. Absolutely. Did, did they go to a finals, or was it a Western Conference finals, maybe? I think they went to a finals. I think they played Jordan yeah, one year, didn't and, they? And, and MJ yeah. took them down, sure. Yeah. Dan Marley, Dan Kevin Marley. Thunder Johnson. Dan. Gosh, what a team. That was a great team. I gotta be honest with you, but even then. Danny I mean, Ainge, was he not, on there? Yes. We're not talking about a huge Chicago lag here either. I mean, the Nash years were phenomenal and oh, kind of underrated. And Amari Stoudemire, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, yeah. they were changing the game. The yeah. pick and roll came into it. That was sick, that was big yeah. time. So, yeah. and, and look, that's what that's what, what a great of, owner. That's what most. <laughs> that's what most of the offenses look like today. Uh, Forbes, anybody want to take a guess at what Forbes values the franchise at today? Again, he bought it for four hundred and four million in two thousand four. I'm going to go two point three billion marsh you want to take a shot i'd probably go a little less 1.5 something like that it is 1.5 billion holy cow that's, that's a, i that's literally a almost said way off when you said that and that it made me look dumb right 1.5 billion as there you go today. but again look the market size is bigger than i imagined i i wasn't thinking about phoenix being a giant market, it is it is but yeah. it's there's a lot of people in the so, desert these days that's right yeah that's rob marsh you want to get into some bonehead moves on rob man where do we begin um begin. we'll make it pretty easy obviously he's owned the team since 2004 like like nick said um, the biggest piece for him right now is it seems like he wants to move the team. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> or is he he's, posturing or, like, or does he actually want to move should, the team? Should that or be the number players. one qualifier of a bad owner? Yeah. I'm trying to leave town. Yeah. yeah. If, you Google, if you Google him right now, yeah. what you're going to have come up is... You, is look, it a Zillow? Right. Is it a Zillow? Of the, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's just the arena? It's just the arena. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen that movie Major League? Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that is literally based on robbery. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, Rob's not doing a very good job. Yeah, so that's a bad deal. Obviously, they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. That's That's not... Obviously, all his fault, but we'll we'll give him a lot of the onus on that. <laughs> He's got a terrible relationship with the city and the fans. Um, they hate him, and it's I mean it's very well documented. You can check in the notes on this pod. You'll be able to see the Valley of the Suns website at the end of the last year. Adam Maines wrote an article specifically about the fact that Robert Sarver just does not understand that the Phoenix Suns are not his alone. So he seems to be this this kind of owner that has nothing to do with the fans. It's his team. It's yeah, all about uh, me. Yeah. And it's just one of those guys, he just does not want to give control of the front office, the coaches, the players. He kind of sounds like Jerry Jones, I'm not going to lie. Joe, I know you're a Cowboys fan, but that's everything you hear At about Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jerry calls clear, himself the GM, too. Jerry, yeah, that's true. Jerry went ahead and had a son and then got old enough to give 
him the opportunity to make up for his past. We call mistakes. that a pacifier. Yes. That's what that and then is. had Thank some you. pictures yeah. leak online. And, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, continue. Exactly. Go ahead. So those, I mean, those are the, those are the main ones I had. I don't know if you had any additional. Sure. Ones yeah. There. I mean, there was a very good article that came out this year. It was ESPN from, uh, I believe it's Kevin Arnovitz. He's a staff writer with ESPN. <laughs> My favorite was, again, I love these guys who, who have to have their fingers in the pie for one, but just I, his sense of humor seems like someone who is not maybe I would want to hang out with. Okay. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and read. He hired, uh, I'm going to pronounce it, I think it's McDonough, but I don't hold me to that. As his general manager, it was some four years after that, there was a Diana Taurasi event. We all know Diana oh, Taurasi. Yeah. One of the best players at of Talking, all time. That's right. At, at Talking Sit Resort. And there were, apparently there were, Apparently there were some goats there, and so funny Rob, right? He <laughs> classic he, Rob. He gets the goats and he puts them in his GM's office. Uh, the stunt. And this is what I'm reading from the article. Now. The stunt was both a practical joke and an inspirational message. <laughs> the sons should find a goat of their own, one who dominates like Diana Taurasi. Nice. The goats, however, unaware of their metaphorical connotation, that's my favorite, <laughs> proceeded to defecate all over McDonough's office. So you got a GM, you Which hire the GM. sends a different message. Yeah, yeah That's the, a total the, different the, message. The GM's kind of a reserve guy. He's doing the best he can. And every now and then you go into your nice office and you got goat shit in there. So look, I, yeah, it's I, cool. I, he's, he's, he's controlling he the team has been bad for a good while now uh, and yeah that's all I, I think he was going for the metaphor of the, as the organization's been shit on for several years yeah that's, and, and that's, that's what it and is. he did a good yeah. job of that he did a really good he job he was trying to get that across he, yeah. he succeeded so yeah. fatal flaw I mean, obviously, he's, he's a do-it-myself guy. I want to do it all by myself. But he also seems to have no boundaries. So there's a story that floats out there, too, about the Grant Hill days. So obviously, mm-hmm. we talk about the legends that have gone through Phoenix, and there have been so many of them. But Grant Hill is a great, great player that spent some serious time in Phoenix. Well, apparently, there's a story out there that he was guarding Vince Carter one night and was just getting owned, which back in the day, Vince Carter was owning everybody in the league. Tough to guard. And Grant Hill was one of the best defenders of all time. So you know what? Let's give him a pass. Well, not Robert Sarver. Comes in the locker room during halftime calls out Grant Hill in front of the entire team and just completely berates him. So it, to me, it just seems like he doesn't have any boundaries. Again, kind of like the Cleveland Indians owner in Major League. I mean, right. literally just show up in your locker room, no big deal. Do you think they've you got one of those stand-up things like they have Oh, yeah, peel league, the pieces off. Rip off. No, yeah, I like it. It's the grossest thing I've heard. It would not cast. Yeah. I like it. All right. I, sorry, Rob. <laughs> I think that says a lot, though. I mean, you're talking about doing that to Grant Hill because I think of Grant it's as so one of the most respected player. players yeah. ever. Yeah. Like, he, he seems like an ambassador of the game that, that – I lose a lot of respect for Mr. Robert there. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So uh, we've been through four. It, it's who's the number Anybody one? Anybody want to take a wild guess? <laughs> I was going to say number one. Is? We couldn't even hold it. We had to Let's, mention him several times. Yeah, I already. almost feel. I I almost <laughs> feel bad because this guy has been piled on so much, but he so much deserves. It's James. He's Dolan. a lightning yeah, rod. It's James Dolan. The no. guesswork is what decade was James Dolan not the worst owner? I mean, how far back do we got to go? Yeah. Hit us with it. Sure. What I absolutely love is is what you're is what you're about to say. Sure. Which is as bad as this situation is, we're still in a position where this team is valued. New at, York Knicks are the most profitable franchise in basketball. Four it's, billion dollars, yeah, according yeah. to Forbes. Yeah, yeah, four bill. Uh, as of August 2019, Mr. Dolan himself, James, anybody want to guess? One point five billion is what he's worth. Not okay. bad. Uh, his source of wealth I had a lot of fun with this one. Number one, his band, JD and the Straight Shot. <laughs> I think we're all familiar. I don't even have to go into it there. You guys heard Wonderwall? Uh, second, he's the he's the son of Charles Dolan. Okay, that's and I, I'm not putting that in there tongue in cheek. His son Charles Dolan created what's called I think it was Cablevision. He's a he's a cable TV pioneer. Right. That's where he made a lot of his money. He started working with his dad. Uh, he was made CEO of Cablevision in 1995. They were purchased the Knicks, and this was part of something. Uh, the purchase group was Madison Square Garden Company. Purchased the Knicks in 1997. 1997. Anybody want to guess what the Knicks were going for in 1997? 1997. 800 million. Uh, too high. I don't know. I mean, I figured they'd have to be pretty valuable. 400. 1997. A little too high. Wow. Really? Marsh, you got to go 200? 300 million. Man, Yikes. Well, man. I totally would have guessed 300 million and not had it written on my pen. <laughs> Forbes values the franchise today, like Marshall said, for $4 billion. <sighs> and that does yeah. not include I, because it, there have been. I rumbles. believe that, though. That's, That's crazy. crazy. I believe that 100%. Bill Simmons came out earlier this year and there was it, Dolan really gave him flack about it. But it. it uh, he said that Dolan was accepting, or would would oh, he wouldn't be doing his due diligence for the shareholders if he wasn't looking at accepting offers. But you, you've got the franchise itself, right? But he also owns Madison Square Garden, and if you're purchasing <laughs> that team, let me tell you something. If 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 we were in the position to purchase that team, 
uh, I don't have any interest in owning the Knicks if James Dolan still owns Madison Square Garden. Absolutely. And so, are yeah. you looking at five billion? Are you looking at six billion dollars? Because assume he sells the team, he still needs to have that opening slot for the Eagles. Exactly. James oh, in the straight shot. Just, just to give a perspective of of just the fandom of the Knicks is, I'm walking in New York on a vacation. Yeah. Okay. The Knicks are awful. Yeah. It's it's literally they're out of the playoff race, and I'm thinking. Maybe I'll hit this game up tonight, and the cheapest seat I could find to yep. get into the game was one twenty-five plus. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and wow. may, maybe that's the norm at a lot of cities outside of Memphis. That's my perspective. You're up there but sitting with one twenty-five yeah. to get into the Madison Square Garden to watch the game, and a terrible product. It, it's not like we were going to watch them play Cleveland right. with LeBron James sure. there that night. So, you know? so, so at what point is there some sort of scoreboard up there that tells you you're doing the wrong thing? You know, for most people, they have a, a, well, I'm not making money, so we must be doing the wrong thing. We need to change courses. And, and that's what's so interesting, I think, about this story is with James Dolan, I mean, with the Knicks, it's like there's not much out there to tell you that, like, hey, you need to do something different. Like, well, well course, <laughs> I think a fan tried, right? And that well, didn't I'm work telling out. you, there's a, there's a lot out there telling you all the things he's done wrong. And let me just begin this long Dive list. on it. He's had 13 coaches in 18 seasons. We've talked about this before, what that means. It means – the opposite of success. <laughs> Something's not going well. Absolutely terrible. Also, they have the worst record in the 21st century, despite Gosh. paying more luxury tax than any other franchise. He'll we go talk, into the tax. He will, he'll See, pay the money. That's the thing. He's, it's not like he's incredibly cheap. Now, look, they don't have any shortage of cash around yeah. there, but at least he's not, you know, he's, he's, we're not in a Reinsdorf situation. He's twisted every coaching hire with, like, bring in big name. Oh, yeah. Right? Like he had Dan Tony, And then uh, he's like, oh, I got the, the young guy that was the, the great player, and he's young. You know, I mean, yep. like, he's tried every avenue. Fish. Yeah. He's fish, right? Brought in yeah, Fisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean... And none of none of it's worked. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what, none what, of it. And now we got Fisdale. Who, did, right? Did, we, did Jeff, we love Fisdale. Wasn't Jeff Hornacek one of them? I think Hornacek was in there. God, I wouldn't surprise. He was out in Phoenix, and I think he was there for a couple. Of I, may have, I may have misspoken. I swear he brought him in. Uh, early. I think you're right. I think you're right. If you could name all 13 coaches in 18 seasons, I would like to hear from you. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> if I knew him, I would pretend that I did. Just terrible. Right. It's rough. But that's just the beginning. So here's just a here's just a short list of what our man Jimmy Dolan has done along the way. So, I mean, you look back in 2007, we, I think we, the majority of us probably remember it. If you don't, you can look it up. 2007, they had a giant sexual harassment case involving Isaiah Thomas. Things did not end up well there. That really set the franchise Mismanaged. back a little bit. Yep. Along the way, they had several issues with the whole Carmelo Anthony situation. They bring in Carmelo. It just goes up and down. It's absolutely terrible. Um, actually, if you check out Bloomberg, there's an article on Bloomberg about uh, literally ask whether or not James Dolan is the worst owner, not only in the NBA, but in sports. It's, it's, it's a race between him and Dan Snyder for the Redskins. Oh, I, I, I absolutely yeah. believe it. If you check out that article on Bloomberg, it's we'll really it. really expansive, and it's got a lot of information about all the different yeah. terrible things he's done along the way. Anybody remember this? Remember the time he threw out Charles Oakley? Oh Nick's gosh, legend? Yes. He's yes. hanging out on the sidelines at a game, and he throws him out. I think the the talent that James Dolan actually has, you know, besides making a lot of money and singing and singing, um, <laughs> the, it, we'll get to that. The talent that he has is he's very good at being captured on social media. Doing oh, he's dumb so things. good at it. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of that, speaking of that, do you remember the time? There's a there's there's literally a YouTube article. And we will make sure we share this with you in case you've never seen this. There's a fan that yells for him to sell the team as this he's this walking. This past up. year, it's yeah. just this past year. He stops and says, "Oh, you want me to sell the team?" Okay, you're banned for life. And he literally banned that fan from ever coming to another event in Madison Square Garden because he suggested that he sell the team. And this is the, this is the thing. Love it. Yeah, this is the thing that drives me, I think, the most crazy about Dolan. And look, all you can do whenever you're trying to make a judgment of someone's character is to look at all the facts surrounding it, right? So when I look at James Dolan, look, we have microcosms of these guys, at least in my opinion, in our lives. It doesn't matter if you're worth $4 billion or you're worth $4, Okay. Uh, he, he was born into his money. Okay, it's not a big deal. That's fine. A lot of people are born into their money. He got this gig. He, he ends up getting, uh, you know, he's, he's running the Knicks, and he's got Madison Square Garden. Uh, look, I'm not telling tales out of school here. He's, when, you, when you go see a show, I've read some reviews of some of the shows of J.D. and the Straight Shot, and also one of those reviews came from Draft Night, by the way. He oh, played yeah. a show during the NBA draft a few years ago. Okay, he was not there. He was in the middle of one of his shows. Uh, and... It, look, unreal. it's okay. He's surrounded himself with good musicians, but he, he's not a particularly good front man. And of course, he's made himself the front man. Okay, number one. Number two, he cannot take 
criticism, which if you're going to operate a franchise and if you're going to operate a franchise in New York City, you better be able to take criticism. He bans reporters. All of the players there have to go through, at least it's been it's been rumored that they have to go through the media training. Right. He he throws a a guy out in the stands who literally the guy says, sell the team. That guy paid a ticket to be there and the team sucks. Okay, (laughs) And, And so he can't take criticism. Uh, and and, and he's petulant in my mind. Okay. It's somebody that nobody has the balls to say, you can't do this. And he's not allowing someone to tell him you can't do this. And the crazy part is he's still somehow through all that has this crazy misplaced confidence. You remember coming into the 2019 free agency season, he uh, yeah. literally vowed that they were going to bring it's gonna be a big off season. Yeah. A huge amount of free agents. We're talking names like Kevin Durant, yeah. Kyrie Irving. They were they were like, supposed to be, fair, to be in what, Madison Square Garden. What he meant was eleven power forwards. Yes. What I mean is Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, hey, and some scratch. I don't sure. I don't think he can be under looked at like either whenever I look at his draft picks over this time, so you're bad. I mean, he's been bad for a long time, so yeah. he's had lottery picks. Yeah. Okay, so what has he done with them? And I think that – I mean, there's going to be swings and misses, but I think what sticks out to me the most is he gets hammered, hammered, bad, bad, and then he gets Kristoff. And I'm like, he got yeah. hammered when he oh, drafted yeah. him. He, oh, got, yeah. he had to take the heat for drafting yeah, him. Yeah, that was a yeah. hugely then, unpopular decision. for the first time in Dolan history, yeah. it's like, he looks you smart. did it. Yeah, you did it. You knew the guy. It was a Phil Jackson move, actually, right? Too. Yeah, it but, was. But, but look, yeah. here's the thing: like you get Kristaps, and then you trade Kristaps, and it was literally the the quote at the time was, "You traded him for cap space. That's what you traded him for. Absolutely. You traded him for cap space. And why do you need that cap space for this free agency? Because season. because we're going to get we're going to get Durant and Irving, right? But yeah, you end up getting eleven <laughs> power forwards that you signed to two year deals. It's it's a it, it's a comedy of errors. And no. and in this NBA, look, when you're out in LA. It, it's one of those things where the Lakers are going to control the story. Okay, now we'll see if the Clippers are able to overtake that. But you know, Brooklyn's hot now, and Brooklyn's the fun team. Yeah, to they're follow. the hot, flashy team, and and That's nobody sure. wants to come play for James Dolan. Yep. Right? It's rough. It's rough, and so fatal flaw. I, I think we. Yeah, you touched on it. <laughs> I mean, he's he's childish. He's egotistical. He's Man a power boy. trip guy. Yeah, I mean, JD it's all the straight above. shot. I'm just kidding. I'm sure <laughs> yeah, they're good. It's there. beautiful. <laughs> go go and uh, go to Spotify right now and download uh, tunes from. JD hey, I'm, hey can shot. you say you open for the Eagles? That's uh, right. No, no I, that's <laughs> exactly. Um, so honorable mentions. We, that's our five uh, with you know Mr. Dolan taking number one. Uh, but uh, let's go through round the round the room. Who are our honorable mentions for? Uh, Worst owner that did not make the list. You want to just pick one? I got one. I, I'm going Dan Gilbert. Give I, th- it to I, us. I think that the only reason he's even uh, had any success at all is because of LeBron. And I think no one's embarrassed themselves more with having to eat their own words with LeBron coming back and then literally embarrassing himself again the second time. And I feel like it's just garbage one thing after the sure. other. I mean, I can't I can't think of one positive thing I want to say about Dan. That doesn't mean that he hasn't done some good things. Yeah. I'm just saying from a fan's perspective, someone outside the Cleveland area, I think, you know, he underwhelms me for the talent that he could have put around LeBron and he could have had a legacy there, uh, much like a Jordan, you know, six championship sure. type thing. And instead they have one. How much? And hen- yeah, I was going to say, henceforth, the fatal flaw. He's lucky. Since 2003, four times they've had the number one pick. Oh, yep. gosh. Four times. Well, and we're still talking about one time. There's people that are lucky that have capitalized. They, they rode the wave. And then there's people that got lucky, hit the top of the wave, and then drowned. You know? it just real quick, because you can't bring up Dan Gilbert without, without bringing up his Comic Sans letter whenever LeBron left to go <laughs> oh, to Miami. Man. I just want to read my favorite, oh, my favorite quote from it. Best. He says, and I quote. <laughs> this is just it's fantastic. It's so good. I per- this is all caps, so it's Comic Sans for one, but then this is all caps in there. I personally guarantee that the Cleveland Cavaliers will win an NBA championship before the self-titled former, quote, king wins one. <coughs> yeah. Number one, that was not true. Yes. <laughs> Number two. It took the king coming back to win back, one. <laughs> and I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that relationship at that time, but he came back, they win one, and now, Dan, good luck, because that yeah. ain't you, you're not getting that lucky again. Nope. Right. What do you got, Marshall? I mean, I got to go Jeannie Buss. And, and, it, and it may not be her fault. She kind of she was grandfathered into this whole deal. So maybe it's not her deal. But her, her dad died back in 2013. She gets into a lengthy battle for the for ownership of the team against her brother since she took over. Worst winning percentage in the NBA. Yeah. Had some serious, deep relationship issues. Hello, Phil Jackson. How are you? 
uh, issues with Magic Johnson, Rob Polinka over the years. The minority owners are dissatisfied. It just seems like she lets relationships play a part in business, and obviously we all know that that doesn't go very far. And she seems to have a lot of people in her ear. It's, right. it's not thing. been the same there since. I mean, Ma- then, what, yeah. Magic literally resigned in the media, please right? Someone, please, yeah. someone ask me, being Magic, if I'm going to be here. Just someone throw that to me real quick. <laughs> Are you gonna be? I'm not gonna be. Here. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was, it was just a comedy of errors at the end of oh, uh, yeah. this last season. Watching, but did it work out? We'll, we'll they see. got him. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll that's see. what I was How come, yeah. Can I throw this She's out there? On the list with LeBron and AD on her team, and you just brought that's her right. in. I think that says, yeah, yeah, that, that says a lot. Yeah, that says a lot. I think him. that anyone more level-headed maybe is really taking it to the sure. next level. Here's what I want to know. How come SNL has not spoofed the situation with Keenan Thompson playing Magic Johnson? Oh, it's, <laughs> Can it's, we it's please wonderful. hook that up? Okay. Please. It, it, he's wonderful. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the really interesting thing there is, is you look at what's happening in L.A. And, and you got to know, when you're in L.A., it's a legacy, and anything you do is going to be under a microscope. And just the way that things have been handled uh, a little too publicly at times. And if I have to get in, you know, to the genie world, that's the thing. It's you have to rein things in to where you're keeping things in house a little more. There's going to be publicity. That it's just it's the nature of it. Yeah. But how do you let some of those things get that out of hand? And but you know, speaking to it, we're going to have a great, interesting season in LA. Oh, there's this no year. doubt so, about that. Yeah. Who else no we got? Right, this is going to be my the last one I can think of, and this is just planting the seeds of whenever we're working on this and we're looking at it, and then you have news come out, you're like, oh, there could be something here. Tillman Fertitta from, from Houston <laughs> and the offseason they just had with, uh, they, you know, are we hiring back? Are we bringing back uh, D'Antoni? Like, it, we're firing his assistant coaches yeah. and also our GM, who, who I like the GM, but, like, uh, what, what exactly is going on there? We're getting rid of Chris Paul, but, no, everything's good with Chris and, and, and James, but, oh, by the way, Chris is gone now and we're bringing in Westbrook. There are seeds there of – him having his hands in the pie, so to speak, again, of really being super involved in it becoming a problem. It's interesting. It's interesting. I, I agree with you. My favorite thing about this guy is that he's willing to spend money and he's not afraid to be the first to do something. So, sure. you know, like whenever I look at the things he's doing, they seem outlandish and he's had a lot of success. So I sure. think that those can go hand in hand. If he maybe can keep his hand out of the the control piece, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the coaching and whatnot, I think maybe it pays off for him. I'd like to have one more last minute write in for yep. James Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> Did we talk about him yet? That guy from the straight shot? <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, uh, listening in, what do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree with our top five picks? What do you think? Who do you think is the worst owner in the NBA right now? Go to upshotpodcast.com and tell us. We want to hear what you think. And by the way, you can also grab show notes where all of the stats that we pulled, the links that we mentioned, they're going to be there. You can go do your own research, check it out, and tell us in the comments. Uh, if you got something that we should have included, got a great article that supports or tears down what we said, make sure you post it there. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Upshot Podcast on iTunes or anywhere that you happen to listen to podcast and hey you got something that you want to talk about or you think that we should talk about let us know uh you can do all that of course at upshotpodcast.com all right so every week we do this we come in we talk about the ridiculousness that is the nba which is one of our favorite things in the world we hope you enjoyed it we hope to hear more from you we'll see you next week Click the subscribe button so you can get a new Upshot episode every week. Every-